Hello, this is Shani from Happy Hour News. This episode may contain graphic subject matter that might not be appropriate for all listeners. Be advised. So, we got a special guest tonight. Yes, we do, and I've been looking forward to this all week long. Well, I look forward to all of them all week long. Yeah. Our countdown to 100. I know. This is number 94. 94, huh? So we, we got, got after six left. Six left. Nice. This is actually... Season two, episode sixty something. <laughs> and if I sound a little weird tonight, it's because I'm getting over a cold. I got a a little one in school right now, and she brings home every fucking thing. So this ain't gonna be the first time I get sick, I'm sure. But yeah. here, this is uh, this is a little something from our guest. Yeah, this is this is who here's who we're gonna have on. Anybody out there in podcast land recognize the Weird Lovemakers? The Weird Lovemakers. That, they were around uh, like nine, late 1990s. But uh, the singer of that, Mr. Greg Pedix, is going to be joining us tonight. Yep. And he is also a member of the law offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker. Yes, he is. And he's got his own separate podcast called the Fantasy Editor Comic Book League. And, and <laughs> what's the name of that comic book he, he wrote? He, uh, he, he's a co-author of a comic book called Swank. Definitely something to get into. Yeah. So tonight we got Mr. Greg Pedix. He's going to be calling in here in a little bit. But as for now, we're going to just talk a little bit of shit, huh? Yeah. So what the hell you been up to, Sanchez? Well, you know... School started, so my little uh, my little buddy has been doing half days at preschool. She was ill for a couple of, first couple of days of the week, so she she hung out at home. So she only had to go two days this week. God, I wish that would be true for work. Yeah, wouldn't it? I called in one day sick, and it's been hell the rest of the week. Yeah, you're not allowed to get sick, evidently. Well, I'm supposed to be a robot, I guess. Yeah. I am a robot. You are, you are not a robot. I can tell them. <laughs> so what well, else is new? Well, I blew up my back this weekend somehow, which is not nothing new for me. I mean, about it seems like every six to eight months, I go on a hobble fest where I can't get up, sit down, walk across the room or anything. Uh, we did, a, uh, or you did, a smoke fest, a smoke uh, barbecue competition. I don't want weekend. to talk about it. I know, you it. don't want to talk about it. It was it was a shit show. Yeah. It was a $400 lesson is what it was. Yeah, it was. 
But uh, so, your your trailer turned out nice. Your, it did. Your custom barbecue trailer. It did. Except I think I put the fenders on a little too low, so I'm going to have to lower my axles. Lower your axles. Yeah, that's probably easier than cutting the fenders off. Huh? And redoing them. Yeah. Because it's a rather heavy duty. It is heavy duty. But that I got all winter to work on and maybe get ready for a different smoke off in a different town. Yeah, different I w- yeah, I would think a different town for sure. And a different time. And a different time. Or I'll just say fuck them and just Smoke my own shit whatever yeah, the fuck dude, I want. There you go. And nobody's going to judge it. Yeah. And they'll just eat the shit, right? Dude, dude, people would pay for your fucking barbecue. They would. There's no doubt about Here's it. Here's the thing. I don't charge. Well, I ah, know. Ah, ah. But you would certainly uh, drag that puppy down to a party or something. Fucking A, I would. Yeah, That's maybe, why I got the trailer. Maybe a music fest. Or, a... or maybe our town could hold something, and I'd try that out. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So, people out there in Richardson land, if you want some good smoked barbecue, let me know. You think anybody in Richardson listens to <laughs> Yeah, they do. Oh, they do, huh? We've got about like 5% of North Dakota. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A lot of people, I think, well, I can't say a lot of people. A lot of people is relative. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, I'd say maybe five. <laughs> okay, well, that's, can't, you can't get five people to do much of anything in this town. Ah, not these days. Well, you can't get five people to do anything anywhere. Yeah, I know. Unless you pay them. So, anything else going on? I don't know. I've uh, been listening to a few other podcasts. I was listening to a Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I tell you what, that shit blew my fucking mind, man. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, I I listened to a few episodes and I had to quit because I had to digest everything he fucking said because it was just so fucking unreal. He's, he's done some where he gets like a... a bunch of comedians on a stage and they all get going together and uh eugene oh what's his name he's he's one of the kids on uh bob's burgers gene the yeah the the boy okay uh he's he does a lot of star talks with uh no shit yeah yeah i always thought that was merman is his name okay yeah he also plays a mom oh does he yep okay i knew he played one of my i I just assumed it was the boy but Maybe not. Oh, I don't. But anyway, know. yeah, he does a lot of stuff <laughs> with yeah. uh, Tyson, and does really. It's really funny. But it's a really good podcast. I mean, that could be the podcast of the week. We haven't done that for a while. Oh yeah, we have. Well, I haven't listened to it lately. I well, used I, to listen. I just to it all listened the time. today some of his newer episodes, and holy shit, man, it totally blew my fucking mind. Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Check it out if you're out. If you want to get your mind fucking blown by shit that you know makes you feel. Really dumb. <laughs> Makes me feel really good. <laughs> you know, I haven't had a lot of opportunities to listen to podcasts this week. I went on a uh, Behind the Bastards binge. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I went back. Uh, oh, jeez, I went back way as far as I could. I, I, basically, that's what I listened to all during our last uh, camping trip, like in the evenings and at night. You're closer to the mic. You're drifting. I, I'm, I'm right here. I, I don't know. I, I put it in my mouth, maybe. Do it. Swallow that <laughs> I'm not bitch. not going to. Swallow it. But other than that, yeah, I haven't really listened to any podcasts. I listened to that one. I listened to the ever-trending story. They got a couple good stories out there this week. And uh, what the hell's another one I tried listening to? I can't remember. There's so many fucking podcasts out there. And if you have a podcast that you'd like me to listen to and shout you out, let us know. Yeah. HappyHRNews at gmail.com. Or if you want some fucking stickers... 
We got stickers, free stickers. Or if you want to pay for some shit, we started up a swag store, didn't we, Sanchez? Yes, we did. And you can go to happyhournewsteam.com, and at the top of the page, you'll see the GIG uh, swag store link. Click on that, and you can just shop to your heart's content. That'd be nice. You know, nobody's ordered shit yet. Eh. I ordered a few things as samples, but uh, from now until October 31st, Halloween, my fucking day, you can get $5 off by just using the promo code HHNT. Five dollars off your order, and you don't have to spend a ton of money either. I mean, only if you want a sweatshirt or some yoga pants. You know, those those are kind of spendy because you know we don't make much off of it. Pretty much, Teespring makes all the money. Yeah, because well, they do all the setup and all. They're the fronting the goods. They got the design. They're fucking printing it and they're mailing it. So. All we had to do is give him the design that Screaming Chewy gave us. Yep. Hey, and I got to thank him from the bottom of our fucking hearts for that design. You know, all these other podcasts, they they think they need to change their logo every so often. I don't fucking get it. Just keep it keep it the way it is, man. We got the simple fucking uh what the fuck is that? That's a That's a uh looks like a uh a glass with some liquor and some ice cream. What kind of glass is that, though? That's That's a a snifter, brandy snifter. A brandy snifter. Yeah. Yeah. With the Happy Hour News Team Bar is Open logo. Who the hell would not want to wear that? I would. I would wear it. Well, you're going to get a shirt. I got you one, Sanchez. They're all black because we're dark. Yes, we got some dark shit going on. We got T-shirts. We've got uh, a tote bag. You a know, tote bag. Yeah, next time you go to Sam's Club or Costco, you can take your own personal tote bag with you. And people will say, where the fuck did you get that Happy Hour News Team That's bag? Right. And we got fucking leggings. We got uh, wall tapestries. We got beach towels. We got fucking posters, a yoga mat, uh, T-shirts, uh, hoodies, uh, glasses. Not like eyeglasses, like tumblers. I wonder if we could get them to do a toilet seat lid nope that would be cool (laughs) (laughs) okay i mean it's like a pre-stickered you know (laughs) oh yeah yeah a toilet seat sticker yeah so yeah so stay tuned we're gonna have mr greg pedix on here pretty soon the second part of our qsb trio and next week we're gonna have brendan our florida man Uh, the florida man the florida man gonna give us the 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 play-by-play on what's going on down there we might not have any stories tonight, but I guarantee you Greg has many stories. So oh, stay sure. tuned. Salt of the Earth LLC is a beautiful holistic healing store located in Dickinson, North Dakota. We offer crystals, essential oils, high quality CBD products, and even a sensory deprivation tank. Our tank has 700 pounds of Epsom salt in only 10 inches of water. The floating experience blocks out all outside distractions and lets you focus on yourself for an hour or 90 minutes. 80% of people are depleted of magnesium and floating is a great way to get a good dose. If you suffer from anxiety, PTSD, depression, high blood pressure, insomnia, arthritis, or even fibromyalgia, floating could be beneficial for you. Join us for some good vibes Monday through Friday from 12 to 5.30 and Saturday from 11 to 4. We are located at 44 West Villard Street in Dickinson, North Dakota. Hope to see you soon. Mr. Eldorado, how are you doing? Mr. Eldorado. That's me. How's life treating you, buddy? 
I'm good, but I'm actually finishing up our Wise. Do you know Wise El Jefe? The the kid you had on a couple weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. He's just interviewed us for the past hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no shit. still on, so I muted myself. I was like, okay, it's time to go on Sanchez. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on one second. Hey, guys, I gotta go. Okay, bye. Yeah, you got a minute to talk to uh, Sanchez. And I'm already talking to him. Sorry. <laughs> Why? Thank you so much. Why? I had a great time. I know you didn't, but I'm glad I had a good time. That's what matters. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Bye. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, that guy is such a nice kid, isn't he? Oh, my God. I love that guy. Yeah, he's so laid back and so great. so easy. So down to earth, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, but he's a little too, like with us, he was a little too easygoing. Because a, he a little too passive. Person. Yeah, and so we were just like dicking around and being idiots. <laughs> like, Maddie actually was like, do you have a question to ask us? Do you want to like, <laughs> rein us in a little? So you were on his show, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah what's what's the name of his show? Oh, what is it? Um, shit. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't remember either. But I know he's wise old jefe. And what is it? Oh, fuck. I can't remember. That's yeah. all right. We can we'll, cut that out of the podcast. We'll, we'll make sure we get it on the website. Maybe he okay, wanted to know. Shanty Pants. What's up? To do, are you on call tonight? No, I am getting fucking hammered. How about Good, you? Because I am fucked up. I was <laughs> before I got a miss. All right. The as, Y show. As long as you don't pass out while you're talking to yeah. us. <laughs> keep keep, keep the eyes open. Be, that might give people a flavor of my podcast, so yeah, it might well. be a good thing. Like, well, this is what you can expect. Every fifth episode or so. No, it was just once. No, it was, it was one well, was one time passing out, but I've heard you stutter the mic a few times. Oh, no, I've definitely, like, been on the cusp, but yes. one time. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I did one where it's like, right when I finished up, I was like, almost started rambling. And falling asleep, and I was just like, "Okay, I'm done, Mike. I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> but you caught and yourself. I threw the phone down and passed out. But I you just, caught yourself, so that was good. Yeah, I just by luck, I just happened to be done. So, <laughs> thank God, because I could have gotten another two minutes. I would have started snoring. But tonight, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, we have <laughs> Mr. Greg Pedix, the second half or second part of a three-part series of the Law Offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker. But that is, is not... Like a mini-series? Well, yeah, it's a mini-series, yeah. yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. With a yeah. with a, a, a big uh, final episode at the end. Yeah. It's like Shogun or The Winds of War. <laughs> <laughs> or, Mar or Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people would not know, if, you know, if they're not... If they're privy to QSB, that... You had a couple punk bands, and we started the show off with one of your songs that you'll have to what? tune in and listen to from the Weird Love you Makers. You played a song from the Weird Love Makers. Oh, absolutely! Yes, we did. And here, here's a little bit of it. I don't know. Is that Mister Four Twenty? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I, I was in many punk bands actually. I, like when I was fourteen, I joined a punk band. A year later, I had to join another one because they kicked me out of the one. Yeah. The, the, the six punks in my small town, they were like, you guys aren't cool enough. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. We are. So we started our own new punk band. And then ever since then, my whole life until five years ago, now I'm just an old 
lame fuck. I'm not in bands. But my whole life, I've, I've been in many punk bands. None of them were very good. Oh, hey, I like, I like, dude, this, this is the weird love makers. This is yeah, something, this is good. Yeah, that was a very long running, because you know, punk bands usually have like a, a due date. It's like, yeah, someone's going to fuck up and become a junkie. Yeah. <laughs> Even the best punk bands in your small town, it was like, yeah, they're not going to last long. Someone's going to freak out or something's going to happen. But we were just like four guys who actually liked each other. And we we weren't that great, but we stayed together for like seven years, which nice. is weird. Where was this out of? In Tucson. Tucson? In Tucson? Yeah, I lived in Tucson most of my adult life until the past 14 years I lived in Portland. But but we were like not that great, but we stayed together and people were just like, Oh, this is the punk band in town, I guess. So we like we won like there was like the Tucson Grammys. They called them the Tammies. <laughs> it wasn't like we were the best punk band in town. It was just like, oh, they're the ones we know. Because they didn't self destruct after six months. Yeah. Well, you, you've got some stuff out there. I mean, it's, and it's still, I think it still stands up just fine. Well, it was just because we stuck together and we had time to be like, oh, yeah, let's put a record out. Yeah. Most bands don't even last that long. They're like, oh, this guy OD'd. So we're done. Yeah. So, so we're dude. done. <laughs> and there was great punk bands at Tucson. Like, I always had that theory that if you live in a boring town, it's going to be the best bands. Like, I'm surprised that where you guys live, there's not 50 great bands. Oh, shit. There's not even 50 people, Greg. Yeah. We, we've, we, do just, have, we do have a couple of pretty decent bands, though. We've, we've got yeah, some yeah. friends of ours have actually been on the show, kind of have two different bands, you know, with, with other people. And, and I bet they're great because they got nothing else to do except practice and get better. Because yep. there's no fun shit to do where you live. You can't even order a pizza where you guys live. I You're know. right. Yeah. That's, I know. So, wow, we might as well practice and get better. And, like, I lived in Chicago for a year. You know, big, bustling city. Every night there was some fun thing to do. Oh, this band's playing. I, I, I was in a band when I moved there. That's why I moved, to join a band. I had no, nothing going on in my life. And I got to say, in that year, we played with probably, like, every week, at least three bands I'd say, because we were opening for them. I didn't like one band in a year. <laughs> I was like, these guys are all kind of lame. In Tucson, there's nothing to do. So all these interesting things bubble up. Guys are like, we got no reference. We're not partying all the time. We're bored. And there was so many great bands. So it's like, there's something about like, if you live in a fun, big city, the music's not going to be that great, the local shit. Yeah, well, you, it's kind of everywhere, you know? You kinda, yeah, you're you're overwhelmed with it. Yeah, and you have too many fun things to do to actually practice all the time and get better. It's like, fuck, we're not practicing. You're out partying. <laughs> yeah, this great band's playing tonight down yeah. the street. So when, when when you were a musician, did did you like gravitate towards mostly listening to uh, that punk style music, or did you uh, listen to a lot of other stuff too? Well, for the most part, I really like punk. But yeah, I, I always. Like, I was a new waver. When I was a kid, I loved classic rock. I mean, I still love Foghat. Oh, yeah. And then, but then in one of my teenage years, I kind of got in a new wave. And it was the weirdest thing. Like, I only stumbled into punk by accident. It was, you know, people talk about, um, I don't know if you guys read alternate history books. Those books like, what if the South won the Civil War? Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like some Philip K. Dick kind of shit. Exactly. What if the Nazis won World yeah. War II? 
man in the high castle shit. So if you're a total nerd, they always talk about the point of departure. What made this reality happen? What was the thing that changed reality? And I had the weirdest one where I don't even know to this day why I said it. I was kind of a shy kid. I didn't talk that much. I was kind of a self-hating, weird little kid. And I knew this one kid who liked new wave music. So we'd talk about the Boomtown Rats and Adam and the Ants. And then one day he just said, hey, Greg, I'm at a punk band. Do you play drums? Do you want to play with my band? And I totally lied. I don't <laughs> lie. I'm not like a liar. And I just said, yeah, I play drums. I was just in a weird mood. And I said, yeah, come after school. Come over to the house. Uh, you know, our, our practice place. And because we needed a drummer. And I just said, sure. And I went and I could, all I could do was the simple, like, I knew how to do that somehow. It was just in my head, I could do that simple beat. And just because that one day I was feeling weird and I lied and I said I could play drums, it changed my whole life. Because I never would have even probably heard most punk if I didn't meet these guys. You know, it wasn't on the radio. I didn't know anyone who liked it. And and then I, I was just like, this is fun. Like, I'm this angry, depressed teenager hitting the drums. Feels really good. It's a, nice, was, it's a nice outlet, isn't it? Is that yeah. when you picked up the, the guitar? No, I played guitar actually since I was 10. Okay. I had, like, some, like, cool 70s dude teaching me, like, how to play John Denver songs. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> typical guitar teacher, like... Oh yeah, this is what I'm teaching you. You're going to learn a shitty new 70s wimpy song today. Well, what that was is pretty much just chord progression. He, he taught you chord progression. Yeah, yeah, he just taught me chords and then said, now, I'm gonna, now you're going to play, I don't know, Sister Golden Hair by America. Nice. And I actually do still like that song to this day. That is a I good song. Like, yeah. But but then I just like, I, I never got an electric. So it was kind of after a while, I was like, this is kind of lame. I'm playing my acoustic guitar going, Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> it's like most 12 year olds aren't going to be thrilled by that, you know? No. I was like, but it progressed into. No, I didn't. I it just didn't. Good, well, because I was just like, this is kind of lame. I, I want to hear Kiss. He wasn't teaching me Kiss songs. I was in the Kiss Army. I still have my Kiss Army certificate. I liked that kind of music before I even knew punk. And then he wasn't teaching me that. He was teaching me these lame, mellow 70s songs. And you just wanted to rock all day, right? Well, and party all the night. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like, I, I just was like, yeah, I'm done with guitar. And then just, I stumbled into playing drums. And I liked it because for an angry young kid like me, I was like, this is fun. I love this. I didn't even know the music. I never heard the Sex Pistols before I went to that practice. And they were like, hey, play this Sex Pistols song. Because we did some covers. Oh, you're going to play this Clash song. I never heard the Clash. I was like, no, it's okay. I'll figure it out. Yep. But I, it just became a thing where. So you just basically like, just sat down and started playing the drums. Yeah, but I did have that basic rudimentary thing. Because some people can't even do that. The... Oh, I couldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. Well, that's how yeah. I started. I didn't. I never had any formal training on the drums or guitar, and I just uh -huh. had this interest to start playing. 
And when I was a kid, my parents never gave me a drum set. They're like, no, it's too loud. I'm like, all right, how about a guitar? No, we can't afford it. I'm like, well, yeah. and it got to be when I was a young adult, I could afford to buy my own drum set and afford to buy my own guitar. And that's how I learned is by myself. So, and yes, it's a great outlet. And it, So how did you teach yourself drums? Did you actually take lessons or you no, just figured it out? I just figured it out. You just I got did. a drum kit? And we're like, okay, this is what this sounds like. Yep. And I wasn't very good. I'm still not very good, but I love to play. So I just took it from there. I mean, I, I'm looking at my drum set right now, and I haven't touched it in ages. But yeah, yeah. it's there if I ever wanted to. Yeah, don't let him kid you. He's a pretty good drummer. No, I know. It's, it's weird. Like, I loved playing drums till I was, like, 30. I was a drummer in a lot of bands. And I just hit this wall where I was like, I don't like this anymore. I want to play. I want to write songs. You can't write songs on drums. No, you can't. <laughs> and that was my main thing about being in bands. I just like writing the songs. It was fun playing live. But to be honest, I would have loved to just be in a room. Like I was that weird Lumbakers band. We practiced like three nights a week. And it was basically just like, we just, we cranked out songs. It was so fun. Like working on songs. Oh, this guy got a riff. Let's work. Let's write Let's something to it. it. Yeah. Make it better. Oh, I'll work. I'll have this guitar and riffs. And I love that shit. The, the laboratory process of writing a song. After that, playing it and recording it was just like, oh, this is fun too. But I, I could have just been in a room with those guys forever and loved the band. Never played live. I would have been like, this is great. Yeah. We're writing songs. We're figuring shit out. I so, love that. So you said you had a you had a CD. Are those available anywhere? Um, they, we had we put out like three CDs through in our career, if you will. Yeah, and they were distributed. I mean, I think they're even. Available. I think you can, you can you can get them uh, through Apple. Uh, was that maybe I, it was more than distribution. We were on this label called Empty Records in Seattle. They were kind of hot shit in the early 90s, you know, on that punk level. They had good distribution. People would tell me in other states, like, hey, I saw your album in a store. Well, like, I'm, I'm looking at a, an outlet where you can buy the Countifiers album under the rainbow for $5. Well, that's weird because I don't think we ever had distribution. It was just like we put out shit, burn CDs and put them out. Like, that's weird. Yeah, well, this is, then it's, uh, yeah, it's underground. Well, we're so, going we're gonna to order some of these. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I mean, we're, we're, ho we're hoping that you get something from them. I mean, I've never seen a penalty. I'm, I'm sure someone has listened to them on, because I, you know, what I found out like seven years ago, I was dating this woman and she had Spotify. No, Pandora. I mean, I, I can't afford it. I'm not going to have Pandora or anything like that. I'm cheap. So she was like, one day I was at her house. She was at, at work and I was like, oh, I just, as for a lark, I plugged in the Weird Love Makers on Pandora, and we came up. We were on Pandora somehow. Wow! Well, well you're on YouTube for sure. But you're, no, the YouTube's anyone could be on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, you could record a song right now and put it on YouTube. But it, the weirdest thing was is that we were on Pandora, and then you know how Pandora works. It does the the genome sound thing. Oh, things that sound like this. Oh, okay. So a few other punk bands. But then after like five songs, it started playing all these Polish punk bands. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently we had this Polish punk sound, I guess. And 
I was thinking, like, are we big in Poland? You know, like, big in Japan? That, like, Spinal Tap? Yeah. For all I know, maybe the Weird Lumbakers albums were sold in Poland, and there's a thousand punks there who love us. I don't know. You'd never Why know. All these Polish punk bands came up on Pandora, like, five in a row after I typed in the Weird Lumbakers. And to this day, it still intrigues me. And maybe I should move to Poland and be a fucking huge rock star. <laughs> it could happen. I could be, I'll be your drummer, Greg. Yes. We could we could go somewhere. I know. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I, I would like to see you play some music. I think that would be really cool. So oh. you said up until five years ago, you were, you've been playing music, huh? Yeah. And then it just stopped? Are you, do you still play? I mean, do you still jam by yourself and just kind of write music on your yeah. own? No, I never, well, I still have songs in my head, but I never, in my whole life, I was in all these bands, I never liked just playing. I'm not a real musician. I always put quotes around, like, yeah, I guess I'm a musician. Oh, sure you are. But I mean, I don't enjoy just, like, sitting in my bedroom playing guitar. That's why I never got good. Um, I I was in bands for 30 years, and I still basically played bar chords. And, you know. That's all it takes to be a punk rocker. Yeah, but well, not to mention nice bar chords are hard. Yeah, they are. When you learn them, yeah, that, that getting that finger down, mm-hmm. that's like that's some serious muscle shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. not idiot, but I never really, I don't get it. I never got in drums from like, oh, I'm practicing my guitar. I'm sitting. There's, but I know many guys who are like guitarists who love sitting in their bedroom for four hours a day, just working out shit, playing by themselves. And some of those guys are brilliant guitarists. They're like, wow, you're like Jimi Hendrix, you know. But they don't write any songs. They're just like... They just play. I just, I just want to get better at yeah. playing guitar. And I know guys who are so much better than me. Every instrument, drums, guitar. And it's like, but don't you want to write your own song? Like, doesn't that urge ever hit you? Like, I could write a song. And some, it's for some people, it just seems like this thing, like, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm like, no, believe me, I'm a moron. It's fucking easy. You well, you know, you, cool? you live in a town with tons of musicians. I mean, Portland's a major music town. Yeah. You know, especially for like, you know, not your mainstream types of music. You know, there's, there, I know but, there's a punk scene yeah. there and I know there's a, there's know, everything. yeah, there's yeah. an alternative scene there. Have you thought about going out and trying to find another band maybe? No, that's the thing. Like five years ago, I basically got old and lazy. And I was just like, I was playing with this guy who was kind of indulging me. He was this metal guy who his first love is metal, but he wasn't a punk band in high school. And I worked with him and he's like, hey, Greg, I want to play with you. I'm going to play drums. And we basically never played live for a year and a half. We played in his basement. We recorded a full band camp, 10 song release. He played the bass on it too and he's a he's a pretty good basement mixer you know on the computer it sounded pretty good and then he just got finally was just like i don't want to do this anymore greg's an idiot oh man a, no he didn't say that oh I mean, <laughs> I, I, every time i went there i was always just like why is this brilliant musician playing with me like he sounds really amazing he plays bass in this amazing technically um musically adept band but was he, but he wasn't he, playing with another band, right? No, he was. Oh, he was. That, was. that was his real band. This was just a side project for him. He was like, 
Greg, I want to play punk with you. I miss it from high school. I used to be in a pop punk band, you know, like Fat Records type, no effects, that kind of punk. And I was like, I, I want to play your songs. And I was like, really? That's great. Because I have these songs in my head still that I never recorded. Because to me, that's the greatest. I hate that. And I've been in bands over the years where, like, that was a pretty good song, I think. You but think? We never yeah. recorded it. And it's lost forever. And it's um, lost, yeah. I I'll, hate that. I was in a punk band just exactly like the way you described. It was a basement punk band. It was called Role Model. And we, we recorded... What's that? What was it called? Role Model. Role Model. Yeah. We were not role models at all. <laughs> so... Ironical? It was very ironical because just like you, we played in a basement. We recorded on a computer. We recorded our, you know... A, like a demo on a computer. And then my buddy yeah. plays bass. He actually recorded us professionally. And there's a CD floating around out there somewhere called the 10 minute set, because we got asked to play uh, a bar. Once we opened up for an ACDC cover band called hell's bells. And wow. we, got, we got kicked off the stage within two songs. <laughs> So we called it 10 minutes set and you know, the rest is history. If I can find that CD somewhere, Greg, I'm going to send it to you and you let me know oh, what you think. I would love that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good yeah, music, man. That's my, that's what I used to do all the time. And now I have kids and I, I can't really yeah. do it anymore. And I have job and I don't have the time, but yeah. You so that's a sad thing that like, I'm the guy who should be a punk rocker till he's 70. Cause I know I never got married, never had kids. I've got this, I'm a dishwasher and it's like, you know, I had plenty of time. I could be in a band almost full time. If you, you wanted know, to. I, yeah, I know. Well, Greg, if you lived here, if I lived there, we'd get together and we'd fucking jam. I know, but even the urge is gone. Like, I, I just don't. Like, if five years ago, if you said, Greg, you got no band, I'd be like chomping at the bit. I'd be like, fuck, I gotta <laughs> find some guys who want to play with me. I don't just like, Man, that's work. <laughs> you know what? It is work. It, I know it is work. And once it gets to start to feel like work, it's not any fun. Like, oh, I, I was in another band called Group Therapy a long time ago, and we we played every night, practiced, from like 5.30 at night till 2 in the morning. Wow. Yes. And it got to the point where it felt like I needed to punch a time clock because it yeah, it wasn't fun. I mean, yeah, it wasn't fun anymore. That's a seven and a half hour shift. Yeah, and and working a regular day on top of it. Yeah, and working a full time job before that. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I, I get you, it. Like I told you, I love pricing the word low makers, but if they were like seven and a half hours every day, I'd be like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> fuck no. So that's a, that's so you you were a, a punk musician. Is there anything that that plays that you hear today like in modern music that you know, strikes you as half interesting you know i barely seek out stuff i'm an old man who just keeps listening to my shit i love yeah. every now and then somebody sends me a link to something i'm like oh i do like this and and speak like just the dumbest fucking is dumber than any punk i've written most of my punk has been dumb punk that's what i specialize in that's my forte like i Weird Lovemakers, one of our crowd-pleaser songs was called Vegemite, where I just screamed about how I like Vegemite. And I don't <laughs> even like it. I was lying. Like, it was, 
the, when it came time to write the lyrics for the album, I was like, I never wrote lyrics for this. I'm just screaming, making up lyrics every time I sing it. Yeah. But this band in Australia called the Chats. Are you guys familiar with the Chats? No, I've never Not heard me. of them. Like having a chat, They're the Chats. Oh my God, it is like, it's like out of time. Like, oh, some kids, they're kids. They're fucking 18, 19. Now, want to make the stupidest, like they have songs called Pub Feed, where they're just like, I want a good pub feed. I want to go to the pub. And get some shitty greasy food. That's the topics of their songs. Okay. <laughs> I guess <laughs> if, if it if it fucking strikes a chord with the listeners, then hey. No, but, and they're catchy as fuck, but they're really dumb, lunk-headed songs. <laughs> like, they're you probably liked when you were younger, like I did. But they're like huge in Australia. They're like they're like on the the version of um Good Morning America in Australia. Okay. Have you ever been to <laughs> Australia? No, but I've seen the links. My yeah. friend lives in and he's like, Greg, here's a link. And it's like this idiotic punk band with bad haircuts. And they look like they just grew up in a trailer park. And they just have no, they're like the Ramones when they came out. You know, the Ramones played up how they were just a bunch of dumb fuckwads. That didn't know even know how to play. Yeah. But I mean, they played that up. And the chats are like that. So they're kind of considered a novelty, I think, act. But they do somehow get to be on like the big morning show on the network TV in Australia, which is weird because the Ramones never did that. They were yeah. never on Good. Morning oh, they wouldn't. They're, I don't think the Ramones would have even done Good Morning in America. Well, not that they anybody would. would ever ask them. You know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, but I think they would have because the Ramones wanted to be big. Like that's what they did that album with Phil Spector. They were like, we could be top forty. Yeah. <laughs> So, so not o- not only let, now I got we got to move on just a hair. <laughs> not only are you a, a songwriter and a musician, but you uh, you're, you're a comic book author. You have your own comic book. Well, I just wrote it. You just wrote you it. Wrote it. <laughs> I just wrote it. Who you're a writer. Uh, who illustrated it for you? The, uh, luckily, in Tucson, when I was like just moved there, I met this brilliant cartoonist named Chris Cajero Silla. And he's still plugging away. He's never gotten rich from it. You probably, Even if you're a comic fan, a lot of people don't even know his name. But he was like doing mini comics back in 84, oh, yeah? 83. Way before that was a thing. And now if you're a comic geek like me, you know, he's like basically like uh, Thomas Edison or, you know what I mean? There's so many guys now. An innovator. Like, yeah, young hip kids who are like, ooh, I'm putting out my minis. But it's so after the fact. You know, it's like starting a punk band in 2005 yeah. <laughs> compared to, oh, it's 1978 and I'm starting a punk band. And he's, he's, but he's had some success. Fanographics, they're the big publisher of like RD comics. They put out his books. So, like, the, he's like a cartoonist, cartoonist. Everyone who's a really cool cartoonist knows who he is. Okay. But he's never had like, but he's so brilliant and like. So he, com- he does mainly indie stuff, independently uh, oh, published stuff. No. Yeah, he would never like, even if Marvel Comics said, "Hey, you want to dress Spider Man?" He'd be like, "Fuck no, no." <laughs> so you you wrote Swank, is that correct? Yeah, and that well, Chris drew it, and so I was lucky enough. And as a comic geek, I, I could never draw. I always wish I could have made my own comics. I wanted to, 
but I, I, I'm really bad at drawing. I, I'm terrible. And so I met Chris and we became friends from self-publishing fanzines, you know, and I would use Chris on my fanzines all the time. I'd be like, Chris, you want to draw the cover of this? It'll be the best cover I could have. Thank you. And, but then there was the Arizona Daily Wildcat was the newspaper for the um, University of Arizona. So it was like a circulation of 20,000. Univers- University of Arizona is a huge college. Yeah, that's a big school. Yeah, it's big. So we knew this friend who got a job as the editor of the art section. And we weren't even students at the time. I had already graduated from the U of A. And he was like, hey, guys, I'm not supposed to do this. It's supposed to be students. But I want you guys to make a comic. You know, a weekly comic strip. And we started doing it. And I got to say, that was like, as a comic geek, that was the funnest time in my life where I could write some random script. And then, like, I'd wait a few days. And then Chris would turn it in. And it would be fucking beyond what I could have fathomed. Even if I was a great artist, I couldn't have pictured how good he would have interpreted it. Well, so how long did you do this? Like, uh, maybe two years. Because I just bought, I just bought the Swanka bus. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't got it yet. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I I saw it was really hard to get access to like any content that was between any of the pages. I get a dollar from everyone that sells. How many have sold? I I don't know how many sold, but I bought one. So <laughs> here's your no, dollar. And if Sanchez wants to uh, share the link with me, I will buy one also. And we are going to send it to you, Greg. Yeah, for so an you, autograph. You can autograph it for us. Oh, I will totally. In fact, I will uh, jizz on it for you. Yeah. Well, we want to we want to turn the pages. You know, we don't want them stuck together and all crunchy. Yes. You know, I just had a flashback to all the porn I found (laughs) (laughs) in the woods. I was like, oh, no, we lost him. Beware when Greg goes silent. (laughs) Wait, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after, you know, Swank, you started your own podcast, and I got to commend you for that because it is fucking brilliant. You know, I was into comics when I was younger, but I could only get, one or two here or there because my parents are like, no, we ain't spending money on that. I'm like, well, shit, you know, it's something I'm interested in. Let me, you know, let me indulge, but no, but you started your own little, uh, fantasy editor, comic book league, which is fucking brilliant because you, you take comics that you wished would have happened. Right. Is that correct? Give our listeners right. a little bit of a little bit of info on yes. what what your podcast is, and basically the title is like fantasy football league. You know, like like I hate sports. I don't give a shit about sports, but my nerdiness. I respect all nerds. I know we're all overall we're brother, nerds, even though I don't get some of the nerdy stuff. I don't get Star Trek, but I like you're in my tribe. If you're a Star Trek geek, I get it. You're like me. I never got into D and D. But I still like, yeah, you're like me. You like to live in your heads. Yep, you live in your head. And so I did, when I first heard about fantasy football leagues, like 20 years ago, maybe, I was just like, wow, that's interesting. That is a thing that normal dudes at the office cooler are like, yeah, I want to, 
use my imagination and like what if i was the coach that's exactly it what if i was inspired by that that was always in the back of my head but i had done this since i was a little boy i've i'm such a nerd i'd always make lists of things i'd always be like oh like i actually found some of these um lists i still own i own almost everything i've ever owned i never throw anything away so i found lists of like from when i was 10 where like oh if i was in charge of the avengers this would be the lineup no hawkeye would be the leader and it would be this superhero instead of that superhero i was always doing that in my head like so I, I I basically was a fantasy comic book editor since I was a kid, but then I don't know what happened the past fifteen years. I think I was as I as you get older, you get more sad. I think well, maybe not everyone, just me. We're like I just want to escape reality and live in this fantasy world, like a mental construct. I don't want to like if I'm bored waiting on a line at the DMV. I don't want you to be stuck in my head thinking about like, oh, good, what are you going to do about this? And, oh, fuck. You really fucked up there. I want to just distract myself. Yeah. So because I am of that mindset, I it got really weird in my 30s. I started making this whole comic book company that's like 50 years old. Like those little lists about the Avengers got really way more detailed and disturbing. Well, not only that, it, not only Hawkeye being the leader of the Avengers, you you turned on to another different artist drawing these people. No, that was came later. You know, yeah, I got more in my little fantasy mental constructs. I got no, no. And at first, it was just like, oh, I'm gonna have this great anthology comic, and I'm gonna write down all the artists that would draw. Oh yeah, four page story by this guy, and then a cover color cover by this guy. But then I got in this whole idea of like a comic book company. And because I love comics so much, I it always makes me happy just thinking about comics. And it's sad to me. I don't know many comic friends. I don't have many comic friends. So it's all in my head. I can't geek out with anyone. I can't be like, hey, I show up at the comic store. I can geek out with the guy there because I'm too poor to buy comics. So well, I don't, I don't Anymore. At least you have a comic book store where you're at. Yeah, <laughs> oh that's we another like, thing we don't have here. Yeah. We have we have like forty eight. Yeah, Holy Portland, shit. Portland's got a lot of nice comic book slash bookstores. Yeah, Portland is like actually like after Brooklyn, we're like the hottest comic writers in the world up here. Like it's comic book central. Like Brian Michael Bendis, the guy who's like the hot shit Marvel comics guy. Mm, that is DC now. We have like so many famous writers and artists live here. And then on top of that, all the amazing indie guys, you know, the fan yeah. graphics guys. Well, well Portland's it's, Portland's counterculture center, you know. I mean yeah, No, exactly. And and Brooklyn now is stolen a lot of our thunder. There's a lot of cool comic artists who live there and writers. But Portland's pretty hot shit as far as if you're a geek, you might just show up at your little comic shop and it's like Oh my God! Is the number one selling comic author in America buying comics next to me? That can happen. I'll well, tell you what. Listening, listening to your podcast, I, and I got to be honest, I, I'm way behind on episodes, but it is it's it's fascinating. I mean, just absolutely mesmerizing to 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 hear you go. You know, because well, I'm so glad because it's, it's and I, I I know you said you, you're doing it for yourself and nobody else. 
Well, I don't even tell many of my like my sister doesn't even know about this podcast, even though she loves Quibble Squall and Bickers. My sister, every time I talk to her, she's like, I just listened to that last episode. I'm not caught up. I'm listening. But I didn't even want to tell her about that because this podcast is it's actually I couldn't I'm such a moron. I didn't even know I couldn't find the comic book genre for your podcast. You know, when you start a podcast, they're like what um what niche are you yeah yeah how do you want to be classified and then i i happened to see mental health and i was like yeah that's more apropos i I think you pegged it dude i know i did and sometimes i do just evolve drunkenly into like just talking about shit i go off on tangents and i'm like yeah i don't want my sister to hear that (laughs) (laughs) what what if she accidentally stumbles upon it though I don't, yes. You'll know when you get that phone call and you answer up, she's like, Greg, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. And I often say that, like, yeah, there's a cry for help to this podcast. I'm sure my kids hear it and are like, wow, Greg's not doing that well in his early 50s. Well, growing growing up, did your sister have any clue that you were doing your own little comic book thing? or? No, I never told anyone about it. This is weird. I was ashamed of it. It was like, this is weird. Why am I doing this? Oh no, it's not weird though. It's it's weird. Not many people do it. And to be honest, I'm so thrilled that you like the podcast, and you're not even that big a comic geek anymore. No. Well, we're a fan of you. Yeah, and I we, know. I'm saying even comic geeks would listen to this and be like, "This isn't real comics. What the fuck is this guy talking about? He's making well, up shit." Well, see, and that's just it because the title. When I hear you talk, I remember like some of these comics, you know, from my youth, you know, especially oh, yeah. especially like the newspaper stuff. And uh, and it's just like wow, I remember that, and I was there, and I saw that, and and then then I next thing I know is I'm online, I'm looking up some of these artists, you know, look checking out their work and and getting into it, and it's it's fucking awesome. Well, this yeah, last but... this last one you were mentioning, Howard the Duck. Oh, I was I was a Howard the Duck fan. I had the Howard the Duck comics. That was one I of my had, deals. I had no idea Howard the Duck was a comic because when I was young is when I actually saw Howard the Duck, the movie, and yeah, I was a we, fucking fan of that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. In that movie, that was a bomb. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. oh, man, I had the compared, biggest crush on Leah Thompson. Compared to the comic oh, book. Wow. And I was so jealous that Howard the Duck had a, had a chance at that ass, and I didn't, you know. Do you know I have a friend who's uh, he's kind of a indie movie bigwig. He works for Sundance. He has to do all this shit, and he told me, he was at this like Eastern European film festival and he got to drive around in a car in, I don't know, the Ukraine or Estonia with Leah Thompson for two hours. Oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, of course. He's like, yeah, I'd ask her about Howard the Duck. Of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. sure she didn't want to talk about Howard the Duck. She was like, oh, let's not talk about that. But. Oh, Howie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Howard the Duck, that was the 70s. Yeah, it was like 76, 77, and it was, the weirdest thing about Howard the Duck to me is that it was like almost like an underground comic put out by Marvel Comics, the guys who put out Spider-Man. Marvel right. put out how, how, no yeah. shit. Well, you, know, you know where I found, I found it in this like little corner, uh, like a quickie mark kind of thing, but it was yeah, like, it was, yeah, it, it was the office games, just like any shitty superhero comic. It was yeah. like there with Flash, uh, Superman, it was... Any 7-Eleven had Howard the Duck. It was a Marvel comic, and yet 
it was such a personal vision of the writer, Steve Gerber. It was just like, no, I'm just talking about what I want to talk about, personal shit, you know, using characters, using fiction. But it's it's basically an underground comic. Yeah, I mean, well, I a, like it. I like the whole concept of him being, you know, in our world. Yeah. And, 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 and like, nobody really noticed that he was a duck. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people did. And yeah. Sometimes they'd for it they'd be like you're perverse you're a duck who doesn't wear pants right we have to- yeah where's your pants but see you're older than me so i was like 10 and i just wanted to read spider-man and i didn't like how the duck when i was a kid i was like this is weird because <laughs> remember when kiss was in those two issues oh, the rock band yeah i think i do appear. and that's why i bought them and i was like this is weird like nobody's fighting each other People were talking about things like it was adult comics. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I wasn't a comics fan when I was a kid. I kind of was, but the only comics I was allowed to have was like Donald Duck and you know, yeah. and you know, whatever that kind of stuff was. That was the only thing that was allowed in my house. But as I got out of the house and started growing up, I got into underground comics, real underground hippie oh, comics. No, I love that shit now. Yeah. I've Huge underground collection. It's my pride in my collection. I actually haven't separated. Actually, you know, my my comic collection is about like 10,000 comics. Wow. Oh, shit. It's my pride and joy. And they're all on shelves. I can access them easily. But I, like two years ago, I was like, I'm taking all my undergrounds and putting them on my separate shelf so they're all there. And I have a very, I'm kind of proud of my collection. Like, I have almost every major underground. Nice. Um, still missing, you know, a tenth of them, but I pretty much have ninety percent. So you, so you got like that. you got like Sugar QB and Mister Natural and oh, I have all that Slow yeah. Death. <laughs> oh, Slow Death! Oh God, that was my first one. Oh yeah, yeah I like this, that one. Do you know about this? Do you know about Bud Bud Plant? No. Do you know about? You know, I, here's plant? the deal. I I read them. I looked at them, but I didn't pay attention to shit, Greg. No, no, I'm just saying. Bud Plant was this guy in the seventies who was like a male distributor and he would have catalogs and he had all like cool art books, underground comics. So I'm like this kid reading like super villain team up from Marvel and shit, you know, crap, the flash, Superman, you know, that's what comics were when we were kids. Right. Right. It was just like insipid, whatever. And Bud Plant would have, he had these catalogs. It would be like, what the fuck is that? And I liked Richard Corbin a lot. Yeah, Corbin. Uh, yeah, he's the one that yeah. did. Uh, uh, well, he did Slow Death. A lot of Slow Death. Yeah. And he's right? also in Heavy Metal, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where he yeah. famous. And his character was in the Heavy Metal movie again. That's yeah. One that's where, right. But, yeah. We had actually, you know, I actually Slow talked about that. For the, the first underground I ever got, and it blew my mind. It was like comics can do that. Like I thought comics were just about guys punching each other, and Peter Parker saying, oh, I like Mary Jane. Like insipid crap, which what comics were, even though I loved them. But then I was like, wow, you can tell these kind of stories? Like human shit. Like, oh, I'm this sad person on this planet, alien planet, and I have no one to fuck. (laughs) And they were not part of the comic code, were they? They weren't. No, not at all. Okay. Oh, that's why they were underground. Yeah. No, they, they were very underground. But it wasn't just the titillation of like seeing titties and shit. It was beyond that. It was like, no, we're telling adult stories about like 
serious human emotions like like oh comics can do that i never thought yeah that was a thing comics with, could do I was, absolutely I was, incredible artwork too oh my god yeah on top of that but yeah that was the first one i ever got i think it was like slow death number four and over the years i've gotten every slow death and you know what just last year slow death number one was my uh my great white whale i could never find it Never saw it, even at a store, even for a hundred dollars. I never even saw it. And if I was at a show, I was selling my shit at a, like a comic show. I'd like run to the table, and this dude next to me was like, "Yeah, I got all these undergrounds." Was, and I, to be honest, at the time, even though I'm a poor guy, I would have paid seventy dollars for that shit. I would have been like, "I've been looking for this slow death number one for twenty five years now." It was like fifteen dollars. Whoa. Like, Fuck. And I finally got sold at the number one. So I have every sold death after 25 years. <laughs> it was the happy, as a comic geek, it was one of those total, like, oh. Yeah, well, that's I, awesome. Great. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Congratulations, man. That's a I, that's a oh, big deal. And it was a great comic, too. When I got home, it was like, oh, yeah. This is as I'm, good as I I'm jizzing all over this motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. huh? You know, what's weird is that Art Crumb's in that first issue, which he's never been in Slow Death again. Like, he doesn't belong in Slow Death. Slow no. Death is all about these sci-fi tales of ecological horror or sci-fi shit. And, but he's in the first issue. And I was like, wow, double bonus. Well, Crumb kind of bounced around a whole lot of different things, you know? Yeah, he did. But for the most part, he was like, nah, I don't want to do that sci-fi horror shit. I'm... Yeah, he was pretty happy just doing his sleazy, uh, exactly weird. Yeah, uh, great big giant women with huge, huge tits and a big ass. No, it was more about the ass. Than the tits. Yeah, it was all about the ass. <laughs> That's why I loved our crime as a teenager. When I discovered him, it was more about like here's a guy who gets what I want. Because you know, I'm like a playboy. You know, like when you're a kid, you might see a few playboys, and all the girls are like. Oh, yeah, she's pretty, but she's scrawny and whatever. But I wanted that. Yeah, I so, always thought, as far as Playboys, I always thought the older, you know, issues, the girls in them were prettier and better looking than, like, some of the mo more modern hotties, you know. They still were my weird fetish of, like, I want a woman who's fucking getting the ass that goes <laughs> to next day. You know, like, I wanted, I always... And I was such a fucking weird Catholic kid where I just had my fixations. And, like, I actually met girls that were, like, pretty cute when I look back. And I was like, oh, she's skinny. What can I do with her? Nothing. She's coming on to me, but, ah, boring. I'll break you. And I'm like, I look back and I'm, like, punching myself in the face. I'm like, oh, fuck. Because, of course, you get older and you realize, ah, it doesn't really matter what type of woman is if you got chemistry with her it's awesome yeah all good but i was such a weird kid i was just like no i want to meet a girl who has a big fucking ass like our crown <laughs> <laughs> and that's all i'll settle for even though i had nothing like I, I couldn't be choosy i shouldn't have i had no uh license to be choosy i was getting nothing and i was still just like no what could i do with that so greg do you do you do any more writing at all anymore Nah, barely. I mean, last in the COVID year, I wrote a song lyric for a friend. He was like, you have a riff. 
and they want you to. I always like your lyrics. He's the, actually the guy who put out the Weird Lamaker's first album before we signed to that Seattle label, like a, you know, locally Tucson label. So I've known my, Mike Panico. He's a just great guy. He's he's like older than me, and he's still playing in like three bands all the time. Like when well, I talked about, oh, I'm old. I don't want to play music. This guy is still like fucking evergreen. He's like. No, I still love fucking playing punk rock. He was probably and the guy a, sitting in his room playing guitar no, four hours a day, though. No, he is a he owns his own business, like a oh, serious, like um, psychotherapy. Like it's like one of those things. It's like we have all these uh, therapists, and we all deal with people. Like he's like a serious business to run, and yet he still like manages to be in three bands that still play out and wow. do court albums. Like, he's like a 25-year-old, even though he's older than me. He's like probably 57 or something. And he, he's a real musician. Like, this guy, he would die if he couldn't play music. So the reason I asked about writing is I stumbled across this, uh, this story called Greg Goes Galactic. Did you write that? No. I, Are you familiar I, with it? Friend, yes. I have this old friend from Tucson, uh, Audrey. I, I met her when she was like 15. I was working at this coffee house. She'd hang out. And she's she's one of the most wonderful women in the world. She's amazing. I wish you guys could know Audrey. I wish you could come on right now. Should I call her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send, send her to North Dakota before it gets she's cold. <laughs> artist. Uh, she's fucking amazing. So she married a guy. And she visited Portland. Said, hey, Greg, let's hang out. And I met her husband, and he's just—he's a great guy. He's pretty nerdy, though. That's why I liked him more. And he's like, "Yeah, I write my own short science fiction stories. I put them on the internet. There's this thing, almost like YouTube or Wikipedia, where yeah, science fiction writers can post their stories. People comment. It's called Medium.com. Oh, is that it? Yeah. And so he and I was telling him about my, because I guess I'm different than most people, you know, like. I mean, how many 53-year-old dishwashers have you ever met? You know, it's like, actually, Greg, you'd be surprised. I've, okay. I've, I've actually met quite a few. Or maybe different. But all my friends my age, they're all like, even in my 40s, it was like, oh, everyone's moved on and done something good with their life. And I'm still flipping burgers or washing dishes. I just don't care. Uh, well, that's honest, good that you don't care because that's bullshit that, that somebody should – Make you feel like you have to live up to somebody else's expectations. No, I know, but to be honest, let's be honest here. I don't think I have the aptitude for it. <laughs> this is all I can do. I'm proud that I'm a good worker, and I know those people are needed. We need grunt workers. We need someone to wash dishes. You're right, and I'm perfectly happy to be that guy. I'm like, I like this. So it's not like I'm like shitting on myself about it. But most of my friends, even. 20 years ago we're like oh yeah we've moved on we have a nice career this is something i want to do but audrey's totally moved on she married this guy he's total nerd and he met me and he was i guess he was just charmed by the fact that like how do you live like this he didn't say that he's not rude <laughs> he's like <laughs> you're this year old guy who flips burgers and you're like talking about your comic books and whatever and so he's like i'm putting you in a story but he didn't tell me that I'd be the hero of the story. Did you I'm read basically it? like Rogers in that story. 
I mean, a very lame Buck Rogers. He's just like this goofball who wants to drink all the time. Very apropos. And he even, like, put in my comic collection the story where I'm important in this future world because these aliens, when Earth is dying, come down and say, we know about comic books, and you have the best comic book collection, so we're going to rescue you from the dying Earth, and we're going to take your comic book collection. You'll have full access to it. But, you know, this is why we're taking you. Because this is valuable. This amazing pop culture thing of Earth's history. And so I live in this world where I'm just like this scrub who I'm kind of important because I donated my comics to the world, to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's, no, that's I, great. Saying it out loud, I can't believe he wrote this story. Like it's like, and then, but then on top of that, I saved the princess at the end. Well, there you go. See, I haven't read it. I've been waiting to see if you wrote it or not before I read it. Oh, no, is this guy? Um, he wrote it about you, right? But see, the thing is, is it's really hard to uh, get you know garner who wrote the story on this site. No, it's yeah, and, um, and, and from what all I could gather is that you did. I mean, it's got I a big, it's got a big picture of you no. right there. <laughs> No, I know. I think he did that because I sent him a photo. But I don't think I know his last name even. Jeff something? I don't know. And it's not even on here. Yeah, it's not on good. here anywhere. He's a good writer. Like, you know, I grew up reading sci-fi. I loved sci-fi when I was a kid. And it's a pretty well-written story. But it was like, he didn't tell me that I was going to be the hero who saves the princess at the end from being assassinated. He just said, I'm going to put you as a minor character. And... Just because I like the cut of your jib or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually like Flash Gordon again. I'm the hero. Yeah, his uh, his handle is build spaceships on this site. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, you are a part of QSB Law. How the hell did that happen, Greg? We're kind of straying again because we're, we're coming up on an hour mark. So, we got to get into the, the quibble squabble yeah. and the bicker of, uh, of your... <laughs> Of your career? Well, um, basically, me and Matt hung out all the time. About, I think I met Matt like five, six years ago. He was my KJ. I used to go to this bar, the local bar. It was like a block from my house. Great karaoke. And somehow, me and Matt became friends. You sing and, karaoke? Oh, God, like a fucking maniac. I mean, <laughs> I'm not good, but I love it. I, uh, I have a terrible voice, but... I love karaoke. That's no, why I love karaoke. According to Matt, Matt doesn't have any friends. No, I know. Believe me. He still tells me that. Yeah. Well, after hearing your last interview, I can, or your last show, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. No, but Matt, believe me, Matt is like, Matt's like one of those guys. I don't know what his thing is, but he's the best friend you ever want. Like, if Matt loves you, like, Matt's a guy like you could call up. When you have a DUI and you're in prison at four in the morning, be like, Matt, can you come? And he'll just, I'm there for you, buddy. That's what he said. He said, even us up here in North Dakota, if we ran into trouble, he'd help us out. But but he wouldn't be our friend. He wouldn't be our friend. No, exactly. But he would be. He's a liar. He's he's (laughs) foolish. Because he is my friend. And even though he wouldn't admit it, he's a very good friend. But he will never admit it. But we met at karaoke. And then, I don't know, I think one night it was like, hey, yeah, let's hang out. And I don't think he did that with many people, but I think we had similar musical tastes. Yeah, that's what he said. Weirdo guy. 
and he and then we started going to karaoke together. Well, what like, he said, what he said was that when he did his karaoke business, he uh, I don't know if you listened to our last episode, but he explained it that I, a lot of people sing the same shit over and yes, over it, again. I'm a KJ too. I know that. It, and he, what he me. what uh, drew him to you was that you varied it up. You didn't do the same shit. You you picked different songs. So like in karaoke, even songs I love, I won't sing them again for another year at least. I'll be like, I sang that six months ago. Yeah. I sing it again. There's a thousand songs I want to sing karaoke. So that's boring. But there's a lot of if you've ever been to karaoke, there's a lot of people. And as a KJ, I know this. They show up every week and they sing, sing the same three songs right. over and over. They're like, these are the songs I like. That's all you're going to get from me. And it's like, really? Aren't you bored with yourself? Like, are you serious? <laughs> but, but Matt, and also is just like an amazingly funny, smart guy. And so we became friends. And we have the same similar sense of humor. Basically, asshole sense of humor. Like, oh well, yeah, I'm going to say some shitty thing to you. And if you you get offended, okay, you're not you're not really my type you of don't friend, get, huh? Yeah. Or I could be like, oh, that's funny. I'm gonna say some assholes to you. So we, we got along. And then we started going to karaoke together. And because of that, we'd be waiting a long time. So our songs came up and I'd be drunk as fuck. Matt Matt's amazing. Matt can drink more than anyone you know and you don't even know. I've never seen Matt drunk. I mean, he's drunk. He's had seven shots of tequila, but you wouldn't know it. Well, he's got Matt pretty is, good, pretty good size to him too. I mean, that's true. But Matt could drink seven shots of tequila, and he'll still be like, "Oh yeah, this guy can drive me home." He doesn't seem, <laughs> he doesn't seem addled at all. He just seems—I've never seen Matt blotto, not even close to blotto. He's—I've seen him drink a lot, but we'd have these conversations, which is like dick around. Like, and it was ludicrous. It was like, because we, even though I love Matt and he would never admit that he loves me, but we also have very varying opinions about a lot of things. Yeah. Religion, uh, politics. So we get into these things, but we'd always like at least crack each other up. Like, because we weren't serious. It wasn't like, you disagree with me. Fuck you. It was just like, Oh, I'm going to say something funny to rib you about your stupid belief that I disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know why Matt thought this. He was like, we should start a podcast. I want to. Um, so that was word. Matt's idea to start uh, QSD yeah. Law? And it was like a year before we started it. It was only because of COVID we actually did start it. But he, for a year, he was like, we should. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like. Argue where other people can hear us. <laughs> yeah, these conversations need to be saved for the ages, basically. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> exactly what we were thinking. And I was like, I don't think so, Matt. They're pretty dumb. It's like two, you know, one drunken guy and a semi-drunken guy. Yeah, people do this at bars. It doesn't really need to be saved for the ages. And then finally, COVID happened. He was so bored. He was like, Oh, let's do this. Come on, I got nothing going on. I was like, okay, I got nothing going on. I mean, I still was working. I was a you were I essential. Was an essential worker. Yeah. Yes. 
but it's still I after work I had nothing to do. I couldn't go to karaoke anymore. Yeah. And so, so, you, so you started up QSB Law and then yes. and then Brendan came in the mix after the third uh third yeah. episode. And have you known Brendan before or would he just not at all? Not at all? No. And Matt was basically like, Hey, I know this guy I used to live with one other in DC. And he lives in Florida. Florida man. <laughs> and I was like, sure, why not? And I gotta say, the first episode, I was like, oh, I'm so happy this guy's on. Like, Brendan, we do not agree about a lot of things. I remember the episode where we had explained white privilege to Brendan. <laughs> and he was like <laughs> He didn't get it. I was poor when I grew up. I was white, so I don't get it. I was like, yeah, but you're white, so when you want to get He doesn't rich, get that it's endemic in the system, right? Yeah, like, there's no there's no impediment if you wanted to be ambitious and try to be successful. Nobody's going to be, like, saying, fuck you. You look wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, but I grew up poor. I'm like, that's not white privilege, you know? But he's Brandon's so amazing in like so many episodes, especially the early episodes. I was like, he always has a great take on shit. Where I'm like, I never would have thought of that, and that's brilliant. Like, like our idiocracy episode was the one where I was like, yeah. oh shit, this guy gets it. He's like, oh my god, I never would have thought of that. Not to mention, he knows how to handle uh, Matt. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's like the minder. Because, I mean, yeah, Matt is vexing on the podcast. But I'm too nice to be like, Matt, that was the stupidest fucking thing I ever heard. Yeah. Fuck up. <laughs> but Brandon will do that. Oh, well, like, yeah, he'll say, Matt, 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 yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt. You're full of shit. Yeah. You're well, next week, shit. next week, Brandon is coming on the show. And Not you guys were wondering why we wanted you on separate. And I, I know I said it was about content. But, honestly, you all have a story to tell and that's what we wanted i mean you got the table for brendan you have to have a three-hour episode brendan i still don't know all the shit he's done but every time (laughs) he brings up original story it's like he's lived a life that motherfucker he's like every time he brings up a person i have to it's like let's just have a whole episode about this like the time he was in alaska and he could have been killed by bears and he was like and he was hanging out in Seattle, and he was hanging out with Kirk Cobain and Courtney Love. He doesn't even talk about this shit. But we, we call time, those campfire stories. Yeah, every time Brendan has some like, oh yeah, that reminds me of something that happened to me. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Brendan is okay. This might be a lot of school because he kind of is always coy about it. But Brendan is like, basically, I'm pretty sure he's thrown a Molotov cop. T- cocktail at a cop car and blowing it up. <laughs> he always is like, no, I was just around him all <laughs> And the car blew up, but I'm not gonna go into it. <laughs> well anyway, the, of- the the real reason we had y'all on separately is because we know from listening to you guys that we're not gonna get one story from one person. It's, I know, but I'm saying like me and Matt have had pretty boring lives. Oh right no. Ahead. No, Greg. Yeah, you're, this whole episode of yours is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, here. see, you're you're you're, you're you're really not understanding. Oh, what's you're boring saying this because you haven't talked to Brendan yet. Brendan, he just seems like he was like Kramer from Seinfeld. Like, 
his whole youth was just like crazy incident after crazy incident, like amazing stories. I was pretty, I'm like Bilbo Baggins. I was like always like, well, I just want to be safe. And Well, he had a pretty good fucking adventure too, you know. Who? Bill yeah. Baggins. All the well, Bagginses, you know what they, they talk about, they, them Bagginses. Yeah, they forced him to, but he didn't want to. He's like, well, oh, no, <laughs> no, but. And having twosies and threesies. Yeah. Yep. But I want to thank you, Greg, for coming on tonight. I know it was uh, it, this this fucking flew by. This this episode flew by. The one with Matt, it felt like it took three hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, was, Matt told me like he was giving you guys shit about. Like, he was. Oh, oh yeah, that's what we. He was that's Matt, what he does. You know, he was. But he, he actually recognized it. That was nice that he actually realized. Yeah, maybe I was like, whatever. Well, towards <laughs> the end, it kind of felt like it sounded like he was starting to have fun and loosening up. But yeah, he's he was kind of wondering. He's like, "Why did you separate me from my trio?" I was yeah. like, "You know, like I said, you guys all have a story, and that's what we want to hear." Matt has his story about his starting QSB, living in Portland, and uh, being well, a Navy well, brat. You. Yeah, he's got a lot of good stories. You have your stories about being in a punk band, having your own comic book editors league. Oh my god, but wait till you talk to Brendan. And then it's Brendan, the he's got stories, stories too. Yeah. No, he's got way better stories though. He's oh. got like <laughs> he's got Larry Kramer stories. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Larry Kramer. I'm sorry. Larry Hankins stories. Larry, Larry Hankins yeah. stories, huh? He's like Brendan's lived a life, and we've only scratched the surface. It's only like every now and then Brendan will just reveal something. That, oh, yeah, that reminds me of I did this. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You that? See, and that's, you know, I knew there was a reason I wanted you guys separate. I knew there was a reason that I got a hold no. of, and I started listening and I got a hold of you. I was like, these guys are interesting. Okay, so next week or whenever you interview Brendan, just like, just go like year by year. Just be like, oh, oh no, wait, when you were 17. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have like Larry Hankin type stories for you every year. Well, that He's would gonna, have, if it if it turns into a three-hour interview, we're going to have to cut that into three freaking episodes because, holy good. shit, I don't know if anybody can <laughs> handle us for more than an hour. I know, but believe me, if anyone, Brendan really has some stories, and I don't even know them all. I know Brendan has other shit to tell me, but he's coy. You know, he's well. He's maybe we'll maybe we'll get him to open up, and then you take a listen, and you'll you'll hear some of it. I will love it. I'll be awesome. like, wow. I mean, I should ask him this in the episodes, but now we have the format where we have to interview people. So, like, okay, we got to talk to this this actor who's never acted before. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked to Matt about that, and he's like, you know what? I talk them into that format. I'm like, well, I get it. I get it. It's your show. You do what you do. Oh, I know. He wanted to, like, expand the listeners. Yeah. I'm like, here. That's Just fine. Like and us, and he was so confused on why we're having guests because he he's he doesn't listen to our podcast, so he doesn't know that we do have guests from time to time. But the only guests we have are people that we're interested in. Yeah, we yeah. we don't just take guests out of a guest pool, you know. No, no I want to. If I want a guest, I want to know what they have to say. I don't want to have some fucking no name actor come on and try to push his shit, and I have to try to act yeah. interested. That that ain't gonna fucking happen. Now, I gotta say though, I do. Sometimes I appreciate it. It's like, wow, I talked to the guy who signed ABBA and yeah. Black. 
that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was a great episode. That, yeah, was that's cool. cool. But you also <laughs> talked to an actress who had never seen The Godfather. <laughs> you know. Oh, I know. No, but we talked to this kid who was so fucking nice and charming. And he was just an actor who had an agent who never had barely acted. And he was just like, I want to be an actor. He was like, okay, I think I'm more accomplished than you. Yep. <laughs> Me. Yep. Like, I put out some albums. Uh, I should be on a podcast. You are. Then. You're on ours. I know. I'm <laughs> not for that. I know. <laughs> but it's still like, just like, but to be honest, that was a fun episode. I love talking to this kid. He was very fun and cool and happy. And it was like, oh, I'm glad I met this kid. That's cool. But I, I still miss the old format where we could just be foul. Just yeah, be just foul. Like, yeah. yeah. Argue with each other. <laughs> like like exactly. this most recent one. I know. Nobody showed up. I know. That's all right. I enjoyed I it. Love it. But thank you, Greg, for, for calling in tonight. I uh, hate to cut you short, but it's not really that short. We I know we could probably talk for two, three hours before you passed out. Oh, I'm about to snore. I know. Oh, fall asleep. But, hey, you're QSB Law. You're with uh, Matt and Brendan. You can find them at qsblaw.org. And... Your uh, comic book is called Swank. Check it out, everybody. And Fantasy Comic Book Editors League. On how many platforms, Greg? You out there everywhere? Uh, yeah, I, I did Anchor. So Anchor, yep, yep. They, they take care of the rest, supposedly. This is my podcast, but I do want to say, if you do want to buy the Swank, it's Swankinibus. Yeah, Swankinibus. It's to be honest, I didn't even have the link for it. I didn't know how to buy it. It's Lulu I, I, Press. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to buy it myself. My friend did all the work, the groundwork. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to make sure we got links galore to all of this on our website come uh, next Tuesday. Yes, and oh yeah, Matt was curious about uh, when your uh, when our episodes come out. They come out every Tuesday. That's why we say see you next Tuesday, as in cunt. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna we're gonna end off okay. with this song here. What's the name of this song, Greg? I don't know. I can barely hear it. Can you can hear barely it? hear it because it's loud in my head. Alright, Greg, you have a good night. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna listen to you later, alright? Okay. See you, Greg. Take care. Thank you guys. All right, later.
I got a good idea.